What a beautiful name. I gotta go after that now? Good morning, church. They told me they gave me a stand that wasn't going to fall down or sink, and I think we're good. So, how y'all doing this morning? You doing good? I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, well, actually, a month from today, we're expecting the arrival of our first child. Uh, Miss uh, Adeline Lucille will be gracing us with her presence soon enough, and uh, we are excited. Uh, my wife is doing a great job, and I'm just there to support her. So pray for me that I, I don't do anything crazy, pass out when this happens. We don't know what to expect. Uh, it's our first child, and uh, we have a couple of expectations. One is we're going to lose sleep, so um, we're ready for that, and we're also ready to change a lot of diapers. Um, so we will also be taking advantage of the uh, one hour, uh, extra hour of sleep that we get tonight. If you weren't here, and the announcements, change your clocks back. You get a, an extra hour. Uh, that's free. That's not part of the sermon. I'm giving you the extra. Uh, so, <clears throat> Bernie, thanks for having me again. Uh, it's just uh, it's always fun to come back to kind of where I where I grew up um, in church. And there was there was a little there was some deception I think last week. Um, that I think Bernie was supposed to be speaking, but you got the, the lighter-skinned brother of Bernie. That's me. So uh, sorry to disappoint you. It's not Pastor Bernie. It's, it's me. So uh, before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for being here. Uh, your name is beautiful. Your name is wonderful. Your name is powerful. And we ask that your presence be made known here today. There is a word. There is something that each and every one of us need to hear from you today, and I pray uh, that your spirit move um, and that your presence be made known. May you whisper loudly to us what you want us to hear, God. Uh, be with us during this time. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Anyone here ever been lied to? I'm not, I'm not talking about like someone telling you the sky is green and it's really blue, or, or maybe you have kids and they, you, they broke something and they told you that they didn't do it. I'm talking about a lie so big that it just changes, it just turns your world upside down. I mean, it just, you, you don't know how to function. Um, it changes your future. Um, just something that just is so debilitating to your soul. Someone told you a lie. I was lied to. I was lied to when I was five years old. See, when I was, when I was about five, I went to the doctor, and around that age is when they tell you about how tall you're going to be. And they, they give you this, they, it's, it's a chart that they give you, right? And it says, you know, this is where you're at now, and mine just shot straight up. My doctor said I was going to be, I think it was 5'11 or 6 feet tall. Well, that's not true. Um, he told me I was going to be 6 feet tall, and I was so excited because at the time, I was a huge Magic fan was. I mean, I still am, but it's back then in 94, 95, they were actually in the finals and they got swept, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but they were really good and I had aspiring dreams of becoming a basketball player. I was so excited. I ran home and I was like, Dad, I'm going to be six feet tall. I told my sister I was going to be six feet tall and nobody could believe it because no one in my family is six feet tall. But somehow, some way, my doctor said I was going to be six feet tall and I was convinced that I was going to be a giant. 
I was going to be playing basketball. That was going to be my career. My mind was set at five years old. This is what God has for me. Uh, I'm so excited. And uh, as time went on, I was no longer, you know, the, the, the class pictures that everyone takes? In kindergarten, I was in the back because, you know, the tall kids got in the back. And I was the tallest kid. I was just towering over everybody. And uh, as the years go by, if you look at my pictures, I slowly move from the back to the front. Everyone else start, started to grow, started to hit their growth spurt, and I just stayed the same. I didn't grow. And uh, it was in eighth grade where I realized that my dreams of, of becoming uh, the next great NBA player were shattered, and my doctor lied to me. Uh, and so I, I, I can resonate a little bit um, with the story, and you kind of maybe know a story of a short man by the name of Zacchaeus. Now, if you know anything about Zacchaeus, um, you know kind of what, what he was about it. And we're going to look into it a little bit. We're going to go be in Luke 19. So if you have your Bibles, you want to open up to Luke 19, we're going to be spending some time in verses 1 through 10. Uh, if you don't know the story of Zacchaeus or you're new to church, you're, you're, you're new to Jesus, welcome. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go over this, this story. We're going to talk a little bit about it um, and discuss it and see who Zacchaeus was and, more importantly, um, what Jesus did. For, for Zacchaeus. So I just want to read through uh, the first uh, few verses and then we will discuss it. In verse 19, uh, chapter 19 and verse 1, it says, Then Jesus entered and he passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man and, uh, named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus. Sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So he ran out ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. When Je and when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. At this point uh, in the stories, Jesus is, is, is he's just passing through, um, through, through Jericho, and he's going from um, Jordan um, to Bethany, and he has no intention of staying in Jericho. He, he's just going from one place to another, and a crowd begins to form around um, Jesus. And then we're introduced to this man named Zacchaeus. Now, if you know anything about Zacchaeus, you know that he was a, a tax collector, uh, he was corrupt. He was a thief. He was a cheat. He was a steal. Uh, he, was, he was someone who wasn't very well liked in his community. And now here this man, Zacchaeus, who kind of has it all. I, I like, uh, I think it's in verse, uh, verse 2. It says he was a tax collector, comma, and in case you didn't know, he was rich. He, he, was, he was the guy that you see in the movies who's getting disfanned and grapes are being fed to him. He's laying down. This is the kind of lifestyle that Zacchaeus lived. And now Zacchaeus hears of this man named Jesus who's, who's passing through town, and he becomes a little bit curious. He, he's wondering who this man is. 
And so as we see the crowd is, is, is beginning to, to gather around Jesus, word is, is beginning to spread, but Zacchaeus wants to, to get his eyes on this man named Jesus. And, and I can just imagine Zacchaeus as, as this crowd is, is gathering around him. He's, he's trying to fight through. He's trying to push. And, and he, needs to, he needs to see with his own eyes. It wasn't enough for him to hear, but he wanted to see who this man named Jesus really was. And so, as we know, he's not well-liked in the community, and, and, and people aren't going to just get out of his way so that he can see uh, this man named Jesus. They're going to, you know, I imagine they're getting in his way. They're standing, you know, they're kind of standing in front of him on purpose so he can't see, maybe getting a little jab in because it's their only way to get back at, at Zacchaeus and all that he's done um, to them. And so Zacchaeus is getting frustrated. He's getting frustrated because he really wants to get his eyes on this man named Jesus. And so Zacchaeus does what any normal person would do it and climbs a tree. No, not any normal person because I wouldn't climb a tree. Um, and, and, and he climbs a tree because he wants to get his eyes on this man named Jesus. And, and here is where I believe that something begins to happen inside of Zacchaeus. Something inside is beginning to change. Something so big is happening inside of Zacchaeus that he's willing to sacrifice his reputation, what people think of him, He's ready to be mocked at and laughed at. He's ready to climb this tree just so he can see Zacchaeus. And I could just see the people in the crowd just saying, look, look, there goes Zacchaeus climbing the tree. Look, what a clown. I can't stand him. And, and, and here he is doing whatever he can just to get his eyes on this man named Jesus. At this very moment, he begins to care less about himself and more about this wonder, this Jesus. He begins to put himself aside, and he says, I'm going to see this man at whatever cost. And he goes up, and he, and he, and he climbs this tree. And, and it's, not, it's not just in the middle of this crowd. You see, Jesus was moving. He was, he was moving through town. He was going from one city to the next, and he wasn't standing on a hill preaching a word. He, he was moving. And, and, and so Zacchaeus, he gets, a, he gets a little smart. I mean, he's a smart guy. Um, and he runs ahead. The Bible says he goes ahead and he anticipates where Jesus is going to be. So he, he runs far, far ahead along the path and he climbs up this tree. And now to make it even worse, he's, he's actually out by himself sitting on this tree with no one around because everyone is surrounding Jesus. And they're walking towards this man, Zacchaeus, who's sitting up anticipating Jesus. See, Zacchaeus puts himself in position. He, he, he in, in the midst of his suffering and, and, and in the midst of, of him being laughed at, he's putting himself in position. Now, what I mean by, by position is I mean that he recognized his need for Jesus, and he's putting himself in position because he wants change. You see, many of us, I think, many of us are, are needing that change, whether it's a, it's a relationship, it's, it's our jobs, um, whether it's a career change, um, maybe it's, it struggles with our, our children, um, maybe it's finances, whatever the case may be, we're always asking God, we're, we're, we're realizing our need for change for a miracle, and we're asking God to make a miracle in our lives, but rarely are we willing to put ourselves in a position for him to do that. Rarely are we saying, God, I'm going to put myself out there, I'm, I'm going I'm to climb that tree, and I'm going to expect a miracle. No, Zacchaeus put himself in a position. He put himself out there. He was vulnerable. And he said, I don't know what this looks like. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what this means, but I know that true change is going to come. And now he's putting himself 
in position. And so many of us, I think, we, we do the opposite. We say, God, I, I want a miracle. I, I, want, a, I want a career change. I, I want, I want to, to find the person of my dreams, but I want you to make the miracle over there. I want you to do it. I want you to finish it. And then when it's safe, then I'll, I'll walk through. But, but not till it's safe. I, I don't want to go. I want you to finish it. And so we don't put ourselves in a position for Jesus to do anything. We say, God, do a miracle in my life. Make a miracle in, in my life. Change this about me. And Jesus said, I already did a miracle 2,000 years ago. Now you do something through me. The problem is that we're, we're, we fail and we don't feel like we want to take a risk. Because something in us is telling us to take that risk, but sometimes we just don't listen. And now Zacchaeus is, is putting himself in position, and he's saying, Jesus, you have to show up. I don't know what you're about. I've heard a lot about you, and I, I want to experience that, but I'm putting myself out there, and I need you to show up. And Jesus does, does, that, does just that in verse uh, 5 and 6. Jesus shows up, and, and, and he shows up for Zacchaeus. And he shows up with urgency, he shows up with passion, and he shows up with intention. What do I mean by intention? Jesus calls him by his name. The first words, the interaction, the first interaction that you see between Zacchaeus and Jesus is Jesus calling him by his name. The Washington Post wrote an article, and maybe you've seen it out there, but um, it talks about the importance of, of our names. It says, a person's name is the greatest connection to their own identity and individuality. Some might say it's the most important word in the world to that person. I don't know about you, but when, when someone calls my name or says my name, it kind of feels good. If someone who, who I really don't know or identifies me by my name, it, it, it makes me feel good. As common as my name is, it's, it's Juan Martinez. It's, it's, I say it's the, it's the Hispanic version of John Smith. Um, no offense if that's your name, but it's, it's a common name. But, uh, but it feels good when, I, when, I, when I'm identified. When someone calls me by my name, it makes me feel good. It, it makes us feel good to hear our own name. I know when I was in school and, and, and someone, uh, when the teacher called my name, I, it just, it's something happened where it just made me feel, feel good. And now Jesus, I believe Jesus is beginning the restoration and the healing of this man by calling him by his name. He's no longer the tax collector. He's no longer the thief. He's no longer the corrupt, the stealer. He is now Zacchaeus. He drops all those titles and he gives them identity. He identifies this man by his name. He is, he is now Zacchaeus, the child of the one true king. And he says, I must stay at your house tonight. Who are we needing to identify? Who are we needing to see in our, in our world, in our, in our circle that needs identity. Maybe it's us, maybe it's you, maybe you're the one that needs to drop all those titles and say, God, I wanna be identified in you. And now Jesus sees this man taking that risk and he shows up and he gives him identity. There's another part of this story now kind of where, where Jesus kind of comes more into play. And uh, about five years ago, um, You'll know a couple of people in the story. Pastor Jeff is part of the story. And uh, Pastor Danny Hernandez, who used to be here, is part of the story. Um, I was really into fishing. Um, I got, I loved fishing and, and, I, and I got into kayak fishing. Uh, so my wife bought me a kayak uh, for Christmas that we no longer have. I'll get into that later. Um, 
I got the kayak. I was super stoked about it. It was awesome. It was big. It was yellow. It was cool. Um, and it was, it was kind of set up for fishing. But, but if, you, if you know me, you know that I have to have everything. When I get into a, a hobby or a sport, I have to have it all. Um, even if I don't need it, I, need, I have to have it because you, you just got to look the part at least, right? So I, I, I got the, the rod holders. I, got the, I put my crate in the back when, when you do. If you're not familiar, you have, you always, you have all your stuff behind you um, when you do kayak fishing. And I had the lure. I had just everything. Um, I decked it out, and I was ready to go on my first trip. I was ready to go kayak fishing. And I wanted to go kayak fishing because the cool thing about, about it is that if you, uh, when you, the, the reason why people go is that you don't have a, a motor. You don't make noise. You can kind of creep up on, on fish. And so uh, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Danny, Danny kind of planned this trip, and uh, he said, we're going to Mosquito Lagoon. I had never been to Mosquito Lagoon, um, so I, I'm thinking it's like, it's like Wakaiba River. You just kind of like, you know, just float down, and you throw your rod out and have a good time. And when we get there, um, we, we park. Mosquito Lagoon is just an open, just, just water, just everywhere, water and wind. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, where, what, where? I mean, we have to paddle this thing? I, I mean, it's just, I'm not, I don't know what to expect. So anyway, we, we, we put in, we, we put our kayaks in, and uh, as, as he's parking the car, I'm about to put my, my, my rod, in, my, my line in the water, and Danny says, I know a good spot. Now, when a fisherman says, I know a good spot, it's probably not a close place. It's probably a good spot because no one goes there, probably because it's so far away. So I, I just wanted to fish on the edge. I was ready to go. Um, I didn't know what to expect. So he says, I know a good spot. So, you know, he was, he was leading, leading this, this trip. And, and uh, so we go out and we, we start paddling. Uh, oh, I had, I had this, these pants that um, they were waterproof and they had like the zipper that you like pull the bottom part off and they turn into, sh I've, they turn into shorts. Um, I've since repented of, of wearing those, but uh, if you wear them, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Um, and so I, I had those on. I, I was ready. It was kind of cold, so I, I put the bottom part on and I zipped them up. I was looking super cool. I even had like my Vibram shoes on. It was uh, I had everything. And so we go out. We begin paddling, and, and uh, you know we start talking, and, and I, I'm like, man, we're going kind of far. My shoulders are starting to hurt because I'm not used to this. And I look back, and, and the, the the car is just like this big now, and uh, I'm like, we have to we have to turn around and, and come back. So we get to this spot, and as we're approaching um, the good spot, uh, he Danny steps up, and, and he looks. Uh, to see the school of fish, you know, he, you can kind of see where they might be. And he's like, ah, I think we missed them. I think we're late. Let's go to the next spot. So here we go, paddling over to the next spot. At this point, I'm getting tired. Uh, I got water all in my kayak because I don't know what I'm doing yet. Um, it's, uh, my, one of my pant legs is off. The other one is on. I got water. It's cold. It's windy. Um, I'm not enjoying this at all anymore. Uh, I, I, my expectation of fishing was to take a boat, go to the spot, and just hang out. This became more of a, a paddling adventure than it did a fishing adventure. And so we go to, this, to the next spot and nothing. Go to the third spot, nothing. And uh, to this day, Danny claims that he had bites. I didn't feel anything on mine. I think he was just saying that to... Uh, to keep us entertained, but I really didn't feel any, anything that day. And so 
we end up turning around and, and we just start paddling back and I just want to see the shore. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, this is not for me. I spent all this money and I, I'm, I don't like it. I, I don't want to do this. I'm already thinking, how can I sell this and make the money back? How is my wife not going to kill me because I'm going to sell this thing? Um, and as we're coming back, there's a, a man uh, on a boat and I think he had a dog. I, I don't remember. Uh, and he's on the edge of the water where we put in, and he's just catching fish. And I, I couldn't believe what I saw. On, on the very edge of the water where I wanted to go fishing, this guy is just slaying fish. And you know, sometimes I think that we, as, as, as Christians, I think we, we miss the mark. I think we say, we say, God, I want to do something great for you. I want to, I want to go way out halfway across the world and, and go on a mission trip. I want, I, want to, I want to build a school. And I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's great. And if God's calling you to do that, pursue that. But sometimes I think we try to go farther than our edges when people just outside of that door are hungry, are urging, are, are craving for Jesus, are craving for the love of Jesus. And so many times we go above and beyond and, and, and we miss right outside of our homes. There's people who are needing the tender love of Jesus to hear the good news, the gospel. And here Jesus is in, in this massive crowd of people. He is just surrounded. They're waiting for him to, to do the next miracle, to turn water into wine, to, to raise someone from the dead. And, and if you look back, he had just healed a blind man. So they know something big is going to happen, and they're ready to see it. So this huge crowd is just circling Jesus, and they're, they're like, oh, man, something amazing is going to happen. They're just, I can hear them cheering them on. And Jesus is, is in the middle of this spotlight, and Jesus does something different. He leaves the spotlight for a sinner. Jesus leaves the spotlight for a sinner. And then he goes to his home to eat with him. And, and he does something that's so different than what we would expect. He leaves what, what, what's, what's the, the platform to be with this man who no one likes. And I think many of us do the complete opposite of that at times. And this is what I, what I don't want this to become. And, and can, I, can I speak from my heart? Can I, can I do that? Is that all right? This is what I don't want. And, I, and, I, and I, it's, it's, it's something that I'm guilty of myself. But what I don't want this to be is another moment where, where we are convicted, where God is talking to us on Saturday morning. And on Monday, we just forgot what Jesus was telling us on Saturday. I don't want it to be another moment where we say, God, I, 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 I want to be a bridge. See, a bridge, I, I put that in there. I, I want to be a bridge for, for you. I, I want to connect the people who don't know about you, the ones who have never heard your name. I want to be that bridge that connects them to you. So then we, we, we commit ourselves to a, a, a ministry, to, to creative team, to worship team, to greeting, whatever the case may be. We commit ourselves to a ministry. And then six months later, we, we're not doing it anymore. And we, we say, I feel like people are walking all over me. Well, you said you wanted to be a bridge. Our conviction just dies out. And this is, that's what I don't want it to be. My prayer is that when we leave this place today, that we are just as vulnerable as, as feel that, that, that change inside, inside of us, like Zacchaeus, that we are ready to climb that tree, expose ourselves to identify others and to be identified ourselves by God. My prayer is that when you go into to work on Monday, you say, man, I, I hope I see that person who talked behind my back so I can share the love of Jesus with them. 
I hope that I see the, the person who wronged me or, or the, the guy who, who cut me off the, that, that morning at Starbucks. I hope I see them so I can share the smile and let them know who Jesus is. If you're an Uber driver, let that be your prayer. Every person that gets in my car today is going to know who my Jesus is. And I think it starts here. It starts with a circle of influence. Change, true change, starts right in our backyard. It starts here. It starts with mending those relationships. You see, we, we, are, we are very quick to, especially now, um, I'm not going to get a lot into it, but uh, with, with uh, politics and, and our next president, everywhere you go, there's signs, there's, there's uh, social media surrounded by just talk about politics and, and political parties and candidates. And my prayer, my prayer is that we are more eager, more in an urgency to share our Jesus than we are a political party or a candidate. My prayer is that Jesus becomes the forefront of what we talk about, that we fight for him like we fight for our political party or our political candidate. My prayer is that we share Jesus, the one who creates true change in our lives, to those around us. We're bold. We're bold, but may we be bold for the right things, to share that love of Jesus. And, and in verse 19, 8, I, I love this, but Zacchaeus just, does just that. The first thing he does, he says, Lord, I have, I have wronged you. I have wronged the people. And the first thing that Zacchaeus begins to do is he mends the relationship that he had broken. He says, I'm, I'm going to go give back to the people that I have wronged, that I have damaged, that I have hurt, that I have stole from. I'm going to give back to them fourfold what I have taken, and I'm going to give to the poor. Jesus, Zacchaeus delves himself into his community. And I think sometimes we go so far out out of our community, out of our, out of our reach, because it's a lot easier to go out there and fix things than it is our own relationships that we've broken. So many times I think it's so hard to stay within our own community, so, so, we, so we go above it and, and we look past that. But Zacchaeus is facing the music. He's facing the people that he, have, he has wronged. He's putting himself again out there on that tree and saying, here I am. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know if someone, if that's someone you're thinking about that, that maybe uh, that, that relationship has been broken. But my prayer is that you say, Jesus, I'm going to go out. I'm going to share the love that I know that you've given me to that person. And I want you to show up because I can't do it on my own. That's, that is my prayer for you. And you see, in, in the, uh, towards the end of the story, uh, actually in the beginning, it wasn't anything that, that Zacchaeus said but it's what he did, his action, him moving up into that, into that tree. And it isn't anything that Jesus says. See, Zacchaeus needed to see Jesus in action. It wasn't enough for Zacchaeus just to hear about Jesus, but he needed to see it. He needed to see it with his own eyes. And I think, I, I think, I am convinced that people are sick and tired of just hearing about the gospel, but they want to see it in action. They want to see the gospel in action. They want to see it in our lives. They want to see who Jesus is through us. We, we used to work, uh, I used to work at, at a gym in Michigan and people who lost all this weight would be asked, what did you do? What did you do to change? Well, what, 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 how did you get those results? And they said, well, I did this, this, and that. And that, that person said, I want that. I want that. You see, I think if people see the fruits of the spirit, if they see Jesus in our daily lives, in our actions, and in our works, they'll want that too. They'll want that love, they'll want that happiness, they'll want that outlook, but they need to see it 
for themselves and we need to be bold. We need to be, go out on that tree and say, Jesus, here I am, show up. And I promise you that he will show up. May, may we be a church that is, that is more than just a set of beliefs, a set of doctrine, a, a church that just argues within our, our own people, but may we be a church of conviction, of action, a, a church that, that feeds the hungry, that is there for the broken. God has called us to be that church. If this is your prayer, raise your hand with me. Father God, Lord, you are a God of action. You are a God of conviction. You have identified us. We are identified in you. We are no longer the sinner. We are no longer the corrupt. We, we are, we are your, your child. You identify us, you call us by name, and in that name, we go out on that tree, we go ahead in the middle of nowhere, we put ourselves out there saying, God, here I am, I'm making myself vulnerable and I need you to show up. God, we trust that you will be there. You will bring us down and you will change us. Lord, I pray that you be with every person here, be every person in their work, in their life, whatever it is that you're calling them to do, God, may you convict them of that and, and may they be willing to go out on that step, on that edge, and mend those relationships and love the people that they serve each and every day. Lord, we love you. We are identified by you. and We can't wait to see you again. In your name we pray. Amen.